It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're fixing to have us a good day. Welcome on in to Locked On Auburn. Zach Blackerby, Michael Pappas here with you. Man, what a weekend. What a weekend. What a weekend for Auburn, too. I mean, oh, yeah. Huge weekend. I just got a text. I think Painter Sharples of ESPN 106.7 is going to crash the podcast in a few minutes as well. Uh, while we're waiting on him, I, I want to give a shout-out to our friends at Fetch Me. I'm sure uh, a lot of local folks were kind of tied up, whether it was Thursday night, Friday night, or Saturday all day. They didn't want to leave their TV. They didn't want to leave the comfort of their home watching the only live sports we're going to get for a little bit. And they used Fetch Me. You can use promo code FetchMe20 for your first delivery free. Uh, on my morning show, I was talking to the folks at the Auburn Public Library. Fetch Me is doing some stuff to help out with them. I mean, they care about the community. I mean, time and time again, you don't see Uber Eats doing that. You don't see Grubhub doing that. You don't see DoorDash doing that. You see the true local folks in the Auburn, Nopalika, and Lee County community, Fetch Me, being on the front lines helping folks. And so uh, what they were doing with the library is they were helping encourage folks uh, to stay home and read and get those minutes and hours up for kiddos, you know, home from school and all that. And I think that's pretty, pretty cool, investing in the community in the future. So use promo code FETCHME20 for your first delivery free, free in, their, uh, free in your phone's app store. Just search Fetch Me Delivery or FetchMeDelivery.com. All right, so looking at the draft picks for Auburn, there were six of them. We talked about the two that went in round one, Derek Brown to the Panthers, Noah Gwenogany to the Dolphins. Then Friday night, since we last recorded our podcast, Michael Pappas, Marlon Davidson goes to the Atlanta Falcons. And you can tell that he was pumped about that pick mm-hmm. uh, you know, from from this state, from the state of Alabama, but getting to stay in the Southeast. And I think this is awesome for Marlon. I think it's good for the Atlanta Falcons. And I think it is good for Auburn fans. I bet we see a lot of Davidson Falcons jerseys uh, over the next few years. I, I think that's going to be a really, really fun one to see. I absolutely agree with you. Um, I, I think this is a really... It's just a fun pick. Right after he got selected, I was like, that is awesome for so many Auburn fans uh, who, you know, are in the area here in East Alabama. And then obviously, you know, there's a ton of Auburn people in Atlanta and and the surrounding areas. So could not be more happy for Marlon. Uh, And then the um, the video of him from the pre uh, pre Outback Bowl when he said that he loves playing football because he can just like destroy people and not get arrested <laughs> yeah you could beat up another guy and the police don't come or something like that painter sharp is the vsbn 1067 joining us here on locked on auburn marlon david to the falcons instant thoughts i think we talked about this earlier it was my favorite auburn pick of the draft yeah in terms of where a guy landed uh he's from alabama he gets to stay in the southeast right as you guys just mentioned a lot of auburn fan falcon crossover so it'll be fun do you think that will be the most popular jersey from this Auburn draft class, or will it be Derek Brown? I would think Derek, because of where he went, and there's already there's a, now it's a bit of a love hate with that franchise, right? There's some Auburn fans that feel a little bit burned yeah. by the uh, by the Panthers, but I would think it would be Derek. All right, Jack Driscoll in round four went to the Eagles, in round five Daniel Thomas went to the Jags, in round six Prince Tiga Wadogo 
went to the Eagles. So both Auburn tackles going to the Eagles. What are your thoughts on that, Michael? Uh, I think those two picks were uh, much better uh, picks by Howie Roseman, the Eagles GM, than his second round pick. Not a fan of Jalen Hurts in the second? Is that right? Uh, That is correct. Uh, I'm not a fan of that pick. I have nothing against Jalen Hurts. Uh, but like they have Carson Wentz, like I don't. They should. And they're paying him lots of money. Yeah, there's no reason yeah. to use a sec- early second round pick on a backup quarterback. That's my thought. I like. I think Hertz would have been there later, right? I but think if, if you were enamored with Hertz and try to put him in some sort of Taysom Hill role and see what happens as things progress, or yeah. or that has been important. Like they've needed a backup for Wentz because of the way he, his body has been. Maybe that's part of it. Maybe that's the Eagles organization saying like, hey, you got to find a way to stay on the field. I don't know. But uh, I don't want to get too off of Auburn because sure. there's a lot to talk about. Mm-hmm. But you got you got Wentz, Hurts, and Ertz all on the same team. That's a lot of fun. You, you could do a lot with that. Uh, I want to talk more about the offensive line in a moment, but I want to go through the undrafted guys uh, before we touch on the offensive line. Before we do that, Daniel Thomas in the fifth round, to the Jaguars, he went a little earlier than I was expecting, but uh, some of the edits that they've put out of him wearing a Jags jersey look really good. He looks good in a Jags jersey. It just fits. <laughs> There's something about it. It just fits. Uh, I'm really happy for him also. I mean, he's, like you said, went a little earlier than you might have thought. Uh, kind of the reverse of Tega uh, uh, there on that one, but... You know, you, you couldn't be happier really for any of these guys, and especially um, and a, a guy who hears his name earlier than uh, he probably expected. So, and, and the Jaguars need defensive help. I saw they have three guys on that defense still that started in the AFC Championship game in 2017. So, Again, they should have won, by the way. Yeah, and so there's a. Playing time to be had there in Jacksonville, so hopefully Daniel Thomas can can go out and get some of it. Yeah, he was one of twelve picks for the Jags, the only safety, but they did draft three defensive backs. So you're right, they're retooling that defense. Certainly, as you just mentioned, a lot of the pieces mm-hmm. on that run they had a few years ago are a lot of them, really most of them are gone. Yeah, that's a lot of uh, that's a lot of picks. So Daniel Thomas, a big part of that, and a fifth rounder. I mean, fifth rounders play. That's a you're, they're expected to play, uh, especially. So I, I think that's great for uh, for Daniel. Hey, uh, we'll talk about the undrafted free agents coming up right here on Locked On Auburn. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. I want to do a a quick heads up to programming coming up throughout this week on Thursday. Our Throwback Thursday had multiple requests to do 2013 Texas A&M. So that'll be what we do on Thursday. Um, so go ahead and you have till that show airs to watch that show. Uh, you're not doing anything else these days. So go find that game on, on YouTube. Also, tomorrow we're going to do a listener question show. So shoot us voicemails or text messages, 205-502-4285. You can send us tweets at Locked on Auburn, messages on Instagram, search Auburn Podcast. And once again, you can reach out 205-502-4285. All right, undrafted free agents, Nick Coe to the Patriots, Will Hastings to the Patriots, as a Pats fan, I absolutely love both of those things. 
It looks like New England's all in on Jarrett Stidham. Uh, reports came out that that was not their intention to go quarterbackless in the class. So we'll see. It. There's a lot of reports saying that they wanted Jalen Hurts and he, he just went way earlier than they were expecting. So we'll see what that means. And if they respond going free agency, you know, Cam Newton's being tied there a lot. We'll see. Javaris Davis to the Kansas City Chiefs, the Super Bowl champs. Jeremiah Denton to the Detroit Lions. Markel Harrell to the Buffalo Bills. Mike Horton to the Panthers. Spencer Nye, friend of the program, to the Pittsburgh Steelers. And Aaron Sippos to the Detroit Lions. Guys, four of Auburn's five starting offensive linemen over the last two years are now on NFL teams. Big, big storyline and kind of a, you know, the the Malzahn naysayers out there saying that he can't develop talent. And then it kind of shifted to, well, he can't get linemen into the league. And now Auburn went a year where they put four guys on NFL rosters following the draft. What are your thoughts on that? I feel like we've had a similar conversation about the line. The line together was just not a great unit. There was individual talent, and oftentimes you saw players do things, especially in one element of the game, where it's like, that's good enough, if not just good. Like, Harrell was a good run blocker, and so... It's easy to forget that there were elements of the offensive line that were, in fact, productive, but they had a big enough deficiency, a big enough weakness, a big enough inconsistency in pass blocking, especially with the freshman quarterback. Like, it just was never good enough to win games against really elite defensive teams. Yeah. Tega dropping surprised you, Michael. It had to be injury-related, right? Yeah, it it had to just be i mean his name was being put up on the like second third five round. best of, and like the five best available players mm-hmm. literally starting at on friday friday night, night. Yeah, late friday like, night yeah I, I, I wasn't even going to say late friday night like i guess midway through friday night i mean uh i really thought he was going to be a second round guy i mean we had seen him get mocked in that second third round range but dropping all the way today you know halfway through day three uh in the fifth round is just something that really really surprised me um it, it must have just been because he couldn't participate in so many things uh he didn't get to do his personal pro day he didn't get to participate in auburn's pro day yeah um obviously couldn't do the combine couldn't do the senior bowl it just got uh, to a point, though, where I see it seemed like the upside of like a healthy Tiga, which is apparently Tiga. I, I missed that. But apparently, you know, a healthy Prince Tiga is worth it. Based I still not late in the I draft. I think if you're the Eagles, you're pretty pumped because you're going, well, if the injury thing really turns out to be a problem, which as guys who've covered him, I don't think it will be. But, you know, we don't know how injuries will work out in a sport yeah. this finicky. Let's say it it holds true and his body just doesn't hold up. All right, you spend a six-round pick on him. Right. If it does work out, you're going to get the player that all of us think he is, which is probably a potential starter in the NFL for what feels like peanuts. Yeah, it's a guy that mm-hmm. should have gone on Friday. And so that's that's exactly what you want if you're the Eagles. And so we'll see. We'll see what that looks like. And Jack exactly. Driscoll being there is also kind of a yeah. fun nugget. Yeah, that's... But I was going to say, we got to talk about hey, we're like, on the same page, brother. The running joke that has finally come to fruition. Of course, and what is that? The the Will Hastings for the Patriots I'm almost joke. Annoyed. That's I'm been- almost annoyed <laughs> because it's like, man, I did that. I did that joke, you know. And people were like, "All right, man, you're doing that too much." 
And I wasn't watching on Saturday at that point. Well, I guess he was an undrafted free agent. Yeah. But when I saw that news, I couldn't help roll my eyes. And, like, I am excited for Will Hastings. And, by the way, Nick Coe screams, like, that could work. If, if, if Belichick can get it in between the ears with that guy, and if that guy really wants to be there and he's— yeah, I can see Nick Coe being a professional if if all of the right things happen. And with Hastings, it's not totally dissimilar. It's like, can he do one or two things really well? Yes. And so if they can he's, drag that out of him and he can stay healthy, it might be might be worth yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, he's going to be in the same situation Ryan Davis was a year ago. It's a little bit better, but New England typically takes five receivers, and three of those are already filled with Edelman. They take Matt Slater, who's the best special teams player in the league, and then Muhammad Sanu. So it's like, where's the room? You know, we'll see. We'll see what happens there. It's Does my Slater guess. It doesn't count work. as a receiver on the depth chart. Yes, You're every year, okay. every year. That's weird. Every year. Yep. Um, well, they also have Nikhil Harry. He's gonna. I mean, he's gonna make the. Team. There you go. That's another one. So it's like, is there is there room for him? So it, do you guys feel optimistic about it? Because there's the one part of me that wants to believe he's going to do this. It's going to be the underdog story. and he'll, But like realistically, as you work your way through those options, it seems from someone who's judging this from the outside and does not know much about the wide receiver position that he's probably not making the 53. And, you know, that's an undrafted free agent's life, right? Like you're fighting for Yeah, You're probably not going to make the roster. Uh if I had to guess, I don't think he does. But hey, you know they may do whatever they can to make Stidham as comfortable as possible. So we'll see what that looks like. And also, Edelman, you know, how much longer can he do this? Do you want to start grooming another guy? Mm-hmm. This is about the point of the career where they brought Edelman in to replace Welker. So we'll see. Well, uh, Edelman was you know a, a six mm-hmm. round guy, and they they took time to convert him. Do you so think Stidham maybe plugged so. this? You think Stidham was like, hey, give this guy a shot. It doesn't it doesn't cost you much. You should uh, do this. I doubt Belichick's listening to Stidham. Right, that's my thought. Is like he's a second-year quarterback who's not started a game yet and may not even be their starter this year. Although right now it appears that way. It's like did he was he like hey this guy you know you seem to have an affinity for small white wide receivers who are surprisingly good. (laughs) Right, let me tell you about my best friend. There it is. There it Uh, is. He's basically Chris Hogan. Like let's be honest, if Chris Hogan could make the roster, I feel like Will Hastings could too. It's true. He didn't do that as an undrafted guy, but yeah, we'll see. We will see there. The undrafted free agent situation that I like the most is Javaris Davis. I think Javaris Davis, one, should have been drafted. And two, I think to the Kansas City Chiefs, I mean, they're about to have a big roster turnover because they're paying everyone a whole lot, and they're about to have to pay their their franchise quarterback that just won them a Super Bowl. So they're going to have to let a lot of guys go. And I think when you have a guy like Javaris Davis who started in the SEC for several years in a row – and kind of played a little bit different positions as far as putting him in the middle of the field and scooting him outside, you know, in his final year at Auburn. I think that is, um, I think that's a guy that's going to stick. Um, and I mean, you just can't teach that speed and that experience. So that's that's the undrafted free agent that I like the most. I think um, they also have a, don't have a, they have not had a very good secondary the last couple of years, right? I mean, yeah, and I think they're paying some of those guys too that aren't really. Performing. Then Spencer and I to the Steelers, I think that's fun. I think he's got a shot in front of the program, and uh, we're definitely rooting for him here at Locked one on of Auburn. The, uh, one of the few teams that still uses a fullback. So um, that's not just a, uh, a scout team kind of job that they're bringing him in to try to earn. Like He could earn a, a real role on, on Saturdays. Sundays. Uh, yeah. Sundays. We're, no. rolling, we're yeah. talking about next level now. We're next level now. I'm so yeah. sorry. Hey, you're listening to, to Locked on Auburn. 
It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA. And now through June 30, get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. All right, so looking at all of this, no Sal Canella, no Cam Martin. Both of those surprised me a little bit. Uh, I thought they would get looks over some of these other guys that did. But all in all, six players drafted. That's tied for seventh best of all time for Auburn standards. And Auburn is 10th in players drafted in the college football playoff era. 28 players picked since 2015. I mean, Gus Malzahn has Auburn in a top 10 spot. I mean, Auburn is turning guys pro at the 10th best rate in all of college football. And to me, I think if you're in that top 10 status, I think that's elite. I agree with you. And it's also a little misleading because LSU had 14 or 15 or whatever it was go this season. Yeah. Um, Which I don't know the exact numbers uh, of it. So I don't know if LSU would have dropped out of the top 10 or what. But, I mean, this is one of those things that people love to knock on Gus Malzahn for – developing talent because he brings in you can't do it anymore like he brings in top 10 recruiting classes and I guess doesn't really have guys go in the first round but you got to think about it this way when uh when Alabama's got six first rounders you've only got 26 other guys and LSU does too I mean that's crazy uh, yeah and then you got to think about there's always that one random guy, the the one team who decides to go with, I don't know, just off the top of my head, like a random guy from some D2 school you've never heard of uh, in the second round. That Lenore Ryan, totally, possibly. Totally yeah. throws off the curve. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, yeah, so now I think, you know, it was offensive line, and I think he's done a good job this year putting this group in, and I think, I think some of the guys that are coming back next year are going to have a shot, or going to start next year are going to have a shot, but... I think you're going to hear now criticism about the wide receivers, but I was looking at the draft network and they've kind of become the lead hub on all things NFL draft. They put out a, a way too early 2021 mock draft. And so I, I just clicked on see if there were any Auburn guys set. They have Seth Williams going 20th to the Steelers, I believe. So Seth Williams already being looked at as a first rounder. And I think then that kind of changes that when you pair that with, you know, what Darius Slayton has done. We'll see what Will Hastings does in the league. I think that kind of has a chance to to alter that discussion as well. So we'll see about how next year shakes out. It's looking like it's going to be another really deep wide receiver class. Uh, guys like Jalen Waddle, Rondell Moore, Devontae Smith. Um, Golly, yeah. Uh, this wide receiver draft is going. Oh, Justin Ross from Clemson. Sure, from from just up the road here. Justin with the Y. Yep. Um, so it looks like there's going to be another super deep wide receiver class. But the wild card is Anthony Schwartz. I mean, you can't teach someone to run as fast as that guy does. Like, and, and so, I mean, Seth Williams is going to get drafted. Anthony Schwartz, if he declares, he'll get drafted without a doubt. I mean, he'll run a he, – I mean, he could break the record. Jalen Waddle could run also a two, break three, the record. <laughs> a 2-3-40, calling it now. Wow. That'd be incredible. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to compare Auburn's wide receiver core to LSU, but I think it's worth noting that in year two with a really talented group, Burrow takes this massive step forward. Mm -hmm. And there are some interesting parallels about the coach's son and about um, 
working with Jordan Palmer and you know the private quarterback coach, getting a new offensive mind to come in and tweak some things and seeing this huge jump. And both of them sociopathic competitors, by the way. Are you guaranteeing a national championship for Auburn in 2020? No, but oh, I do okay. think it's worth noting that, that I, I, to... I don't think Auburn's receiving core is elite, but I think you've got a guy like Seth Williams who very possibly even likely could be a first-round draft pick. And so with his talent, the focused defensive backs and defensive coordinators will give to him, will allow the other wide receivers, who I think Burns has done a good job. I think Auburn has done a great job of recruiting the skill position players. Not elite. I think they have a potentially very talented first-round player, right? Um, and then outside of that, like there's some really young pieces we haven't even gotten to see at the wide receiver. I'm excited to see a retooled offense with a little bit more of Morris's flavor in it because I think it will complement so well with the talent that Auburn has. So even though I, it sounds like I'm knocking Auburn because I keep comparing them to what LSU had last year, this could be, I think, a historic year for Auburn's wide receiver group in part because of Bo Nix coming back, in part because of Chad Morris's addition, and it's it's kind of been brewing. Like We have seen them really focus on that position group in the last few classes. I think that all comes to a head this year. Chill bumps. I'm fired up right now. Uh, I'm sorry for interrupting you, Painter. I was going to make a joke, and it just didn't go well. Uh, I forgot to say Jamar Chase, who's probably going to be the first wide receiver off the board. Okay, that's important that you went back to that. Yeah. That's good. I know it doesn't matter, but no, it, it, the that's guy is just ridiculously That's good. important to you. That's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. I just think Malzahn has Auburn in a place that it's never been before. And Kirk Sampson tweeted out the uh, Auburn football SID. Uh, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I mean, the last three years, the last three drafts have been the best three drafts in a row that Auburn's ever had. And mm-hmm. I think what Gus has been able to do is impressive. And I think the anti-Gus people are so, you know, nitpicky about certain things that they're totally missing that he has got Auburn football in a situation that it's never been before. And I think that's a shame. And if you're listening to this and you're one of the anti-Gus people, I think the people listening to this, you know, a daily Auburn show, like you're probably pretty high on Auburn. So I get it. You want the good news, but this is what you need to be excited for. And when people talk to you about, oh, gosh, I'm done with Auburn football or I'm, I'm not going to go to another game until Gus is gone, ask them why. Because I'm genuinely curious. Think about how different this probably goes. And you, to some extent, you're going to hear that and go, Painter, where you can't. You can't take out the bad. If Auburn does not have 2015, where the expectation is win the league, Jeremy Johnson has come in in some mop-up time and in some necessity because of Marshall's right. absence, where he's borderline dominant, and you're like, oh God, you know, and Auburn loses that game to AM and 14, and people are going, well, the season's over, you can't win the SEC, just put Johnson in, and let's move forward. And it's like, oh, that's short-sighted, but I understand why you feel that way. You're looking to the future. That obviously flames out. 15's a disaster. 16 turns into a positive, but November happens, you get upset by Georgia, and then you get thumped by Alabama. If But 16 would have been an acceptable season with really without the results of surprisingly losing to like a 7-6 and six Georgia team, but it's, it's 15 that's the problem for everybody because not only were the expectations, all right, you, you underachieved in 14 after going to the national championship in 13 because you brought back 18 players or 17 players. Yeah. You're bringing in this hotshot quarterback. And it all falls apart from there. And on top of it, you're kind of coming on the heels of the end of the Gene Chizik era where there weren't a lot of players being drafted. So you've got this dual narrative 
where there's the one hand, oh, he can't develop a quarterback. Like he had to have Nick Marshall. He had to have Cam Newton. We even saw the sum in 2017 going into 2018 where Stidham had all that success his first year. And then people are saying, ah, see, the more time he spent with Malzahn, the worse he got. Right. And so I think while you can't do what I'm suggesting, take away the 15-year, 16 had its disappointments, but they also went on a six-game win streak and rushed their way through the league. 15 really jaded a lot of people. And I think it's understandable to be disappointed about a guy like Johnson, but that is not all on Malzahn. So the the person I look up to most in the industry, Colin Coward, I know a lot of people hate him, but <laughs> something that he says over and over and over again when you talk about like who somebody is, like what you are, is he says, take away your best year and take away your worst year. What's left is probably who you are. So you take away Auburn's run in 2013, you take away the disaster that was 2015, that's who Gus is under Auburn. And so every few years, like a 17, you've got a chance. And I think uh, I think right now in the current state of the SEC West, I don't think that sets you apart, especially now that Auburn and LSU have gotten closer to Alabama. I don't think that that's a bad place to be in. If they can more consistently get to that 10-win mark, which is a bit arbitrary, however, it is simply something Auburn has not done a lot. Yeah. I think that there's hardly any room left to complain about Malzahn. You can be mad that he's boring. You can be mad that his offenses are not catered to what it is some teams are doing. So when NFL scouts and GMs knock the offense, you go, I wish our offense looked more like Oklahoma's. But when it works, ask yourself, do you care? Like in 2017, during that November run when Auburn was shredding people, did you care that it was quote-unquote gimmicky? Yeah, one of the most fun months that I can remember watching Auburn football. Michael, do you have anything before we close this out? I'm always impressed with Gus Malzahn's ability to like bounce back from things. Yeah. Um, if I was the athletic director, I would have fired him on the field at Jordan-Hare Stadium live on national television after they lost to Tennessee um, a year or two ago, whenever that was. That was a bad loss. Yep, but was it was that 2017 or 2018? 2017 was the come-from-behind win for LSU, loss for Auburn and Baton Rouge. Then they go on and smoke their competition until the, the bowl game. So 18, oh, when they 18. lost at home to Tennessee. Yes. Um, and then, you know, the rest of the season, Auburn has a, has a great uh, end to the season. Or, I mean, they have a, a good run. And then, obviously, this season went really well. And it's like every time people pile on Gus Malzahn, he, he answers. He steps up and answers. You're probably getting eight wins with them most years. And yeah. in the good years, you're probably getting about ten. Mm-hmm. And then, like you said, about every four or five, you might find you yourself in Atlanta. You got a shot. And if you win that, you're in the playoff. Painter, where can people find you and hear you, bud? 11 to 1, catch the lunch break. If you like what it is you hear with Zach and our good friend Michael Pappas, also of ESPN 1067, hangs out with us from time to time. Catch the lunch break. 11 to 1, ESPN 1067 app, ESPNAU.com, wherever you listen to your podcast. Michael? Follow me on Twitter at CouchPapTato. Follow me on Twitter at ZBlack. We follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Auburn and on Instagram at Auburn Podcast. We'll see you tomorrow right here on Locked on Auburn. Send us your questions. It's the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. The NCAA tournament is almost here. 
listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.